0: Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. My name is Dan Martin. I've been awake forever and I'm doing a podcast with my lovely co host, Sam Ashurst. And I think you should stop complaining at the start
1: of these. You do it every time. You're either sick or you're tired or you're busy. Get over it. Get on with it. Water world. Listen, we've got. Dan a just mere... visibly wilted we've in his got... chair. <laughs>
0: we've got nine more years of me complaining about being tired, busy, and ill. Uh, until I hit 50 and then I take early retirement and then I just podcast and then I'll be I'll be a spark it'll be beautiful but until then I'm afraid you're gonna have to put up with me being very complaining about getting the job I wanted as a child (laughs) poor me I'm doing what I always wanted do you know what Dan (laughs) I'll retire when I'm dead (laughs) (laughs) Sam's just done a callback to a joke that none of you know (laughs)
1: hooray right so Waterworld. what's worse what on earth is Waterworld about,
0: Dan? Kevin Costner, after the success of Dances with Wolves, said, I don't think people drink enough urine in movies. Correct. Uh, and so he made Waterworld. The end,
1: right. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: um, Waterworld is set... It's a sort of uh, semi-environmental uh, post-apocalyptic... It's fully environmental in yeah, its setting, but say. semi-environmental in, as like a... It's not as uh, it's not as preachy about environmentalism as it could have been, and I actually think that that's one of the things I I, I wish it was a bit more like aggressively preachy about its d- environmentalism. I don't aspects. know.
1: There's like there's one reference in it that I'm so surprised they didn't get sued for. It's
0: not sponsored by the World Wildlife Fund. I do. Yeah, I know the reference you're talking about. Yeah. I, I like how did they get away that's with it? That's great fun. But, but I like how is that like what would they sue? They'd be like, well, we never. Oh yeah, no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a boat joke. At the end of the film, no,
1: actually, no. You're th- not talking, th- about, I, are you talking I, about. I am. It's related to that, but it's it's the fact that Dennis Hopper literally worships the captain of that boat, who is named.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But again, like I don't think that's. It's a bit like, weird because Dennis Hopper is okay. So we we're assuming everyone's seen this movie, right? Even if they haven't seen the. What's it called? Not the Ulysses cut. Is it the Ulysses cut? Yeah, the yeah, Daedalus yeah. cut. Ulysses cut. Yeah. Um, even if they haven't seen the Ulysses cut, they've seen the film probably. The people listening to this, yeah, you'd right. So, right? so yeah, we can yeah. talk about why Dennis Hopper loves the captain of the Exxon Valdez. Yeah, no, no I, I, we, uh, yeah. we don't have to be super vague about it. Like, You're right. Let's not discuss. And, and it's the not... last moment, like it's... the big, the little reveal at the end. Yes, true. But we can talk about. Other stuff, like the fact that when I saw... Th- the first time I was ever made aware of this film was when my film studies A-level teacher showed us the opening logo as part of a montage he put together of logos that were different slightly because they fit the theme of the film.
1: Do you know what? Like, Universal specifically... Universal did a lot of them. They do a lot of them. And yeah. I just came back from... I literally just came back from uh, Happy Death Day to you. Um, to you. To uh, you. Which is actually good uh first one's groundhog day <laughs> this one's back to the future but it's good and it's universal again and they do one of their weird little logo changes logo so, change. like even in the modern world yeah, they do I love it. It. I like and, it and actually water is one of the very best i think yeah it really is good it's it's great and, and exciting and it's all downhill from there
0: <laughs> well it is it goes from that straight into piss drinking yeah it does um well, here's a question for you sam and not just piss drinking piss gargling yeah and and yeah, and then a little bit of piss spitting. <laughs> not all the piss though. Some of the piss doesn't get spat. Um, welcome to Pisscast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, and I'm not a piss scientist, Sam. Uh Oh, but... well, you surprise me. <laughs> but but if you've got a machine that can filter piss and make it drinkable, yes, can it make seawater drinkable?
1: Um, no. Why not? Because uh, in <laughs> because because in the original script um oh, which right. this is kind of working from that device had a, an organic liver in there um but it was deemed to be too gross for the sort of blockbuster and
0: so it, it works in, in the same way that um you know you know the, livers take salt out of our the water we take in as well like they do they, they would also filter seawater
1: so how, i i put it to you dan how come we can't drink seawater now
0: we can't drink piss now. We can. We, it's the salt that is the problem with both. I mean, the urea is also present but, but in we, piss. But
1: you, you know we can drink piss. He could have we, drunk that. We can drink seawater.
0: Straight down. It'll just If we drink enough of it, it'll make us sick. The piss, same with piss.
1: But seawater uh, works much quicker than piss. <laughs> piss is fine. <laughs>
0: uh, as Dan sorry, said- I, I reckon I've got a higher tolerance for seawater than piss. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> you are a mutant. Welcome to PissCast. Stop um, making fun of my gills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god those girls right I have so many questions you've just asked me a question I have a question you yeah you can ask you. me a question why two questions why in this world does everyone want dirt right it I can understand seeds it works in, it. in the same you know the same logic as gold but still they can grow seeds in it you can't grow anything without dirt right that's answered that unless question. it's kelp you can right. grow kelp if they want to grow stuff in it right why do they taste it like it's cocaine
0: uh, because everyone involved was doing a lot of cocaine, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. You can say anything if you say allegedly.
1: That is correct, allegedly. Um, so, <laughs> another question for you.
0: Right. Why are the greens so hot in this film? Why the what? In the mix, in the grade. Why are oh, the right. greens so bright? Those limes look fucking radioactive. Mm, I have to say, especially the Ulysses cut, yeah. uh,
1: it does look quite amazing. This it B-ray does. I transfer. was I was
0: very impressed with how it looked.
1: Even like, you know, the new stuff. You can't really tell what's new and what's not.
0: Because... There's a couple of shots. Yeah. Like, especially towards the end. But but yeah, no, by and large, it's, it's really impressive. And you know what? Here's the thing: we've both shat on this film quite hard, right from the top. I'm pissed on it. I I I, I saved that piss because I might get thirsty. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm having and a...
0: apparently we humans can drink unlimited amounts of piss. We love it. We absolutely love it. My name's Dan Martin, podcaster and apparently piss scientist.
1: All of this is getting uh, edited out of context. But you were saying, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I've forgotten. I've forgotten.
1: Wonderful. I don't know what I was
0: saying. I'm sorry, Sam.
1: It's fine. I'm going to move on to my next yeah, question. Go on. Do they not have gay people in the future?
0: I mean, probably. But it was made it was made in a less woke era, Sam. Do you think they were unrepresented? Well, I just
1: that the scene where, right, they present him mm-hmm. with a teenage girl mm-hmm. and say to him, You've been out there a long time, mate. Have some of this. Hang
0: on a minute, Sam. Are you saying that only a gay man wouldn't want to have sex with an underage girl? No. <laughs> no.
1: I'm, and I'm not saying she's underage either, but, right? I'm saying that they completely take this out of the equation, the idea that, hey, maybe he's just not into women or, you know, children... Uh, which is ironic because you know when there's a a, a ship that crashes it's women and children first uh, that's going to be edited out of the podcast just based purely on the look dan's giving me right now i just but I, why are they I'm
0: like confused
1: why are they like oh he has a secret <laughs> he must be a mutant um i just don't get it
0: oh my god is this film homophobic is it about i think it might
1: mutants? be i think it might be subtly homophobic and i just want to raise that this yeah. is all going. This no, is all this going. Is gold.
0: This is podcast goals.
1: So let's talk about the positives. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's
0: pretty fun. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I, I watched watching the Ulysses thing. So, first of all, it's been a very long time since I've seen it. Same. So, there were a lot of bits I didn't remember. So, Jen, my wife, and I, who watched it together, uh, had a fun game of was that near? Is that new? Is that a longer version? Uh-huh. Did we even see the longer version before? was this i don't remember i don't remember that so there was a lot of that which is very fun if you've not seen it before, if you've not seen it for a long time but also like even when it got a bit weird and draggy it never really like it's better than some of the less good like marvel films the these days like it's fine okay interesting
1: now i will go with you to a certain extent i think fun is is i, I you know i would not go as far as fun It is pretty in places. Um, I think the production design is stunning. Yeah. Cinematography, beautiful. Costumes, for what it is, you know, they're good. They're fine. They're fine. There's
0: a lot of, like, is that meant to be fish skin? Yeah. uh, yeah,
1: (laughs) and, And also, like, some of their hats... There's um, a lot
0: of unfunctional hats. Very unfunctional. Like My visor would, is a grill. It would do more harm
1: than good. Uh, yeah. It would fry your face. Yeah. Um, why are you doing that? Yeah, so uh, the, the props are, are great. Like. Yeah,
0: I think like, when one of the nice things that Jen and I sort of noticed about it, or one of the things that we said about it that, in retrospect, was positive, is that I think in place, at its best, it looks kind of Gilliam-esque, especially when the, spa- when the airship turns up.
1: Yeah, apparently, now, uh, if you haven't watched the documentary, Maelstrom, that's on the disc, it's like, I think it's an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah, full on feature Um, Yeah, really good. Again, you know, talking heads with not too much on set footage and what's there is actually on the disc in a separate feature anyway. But uh, what makes it kind of special is it's very honest and, you know, uh, so honest that, only the crew have participated the cast are only uh, <laughs> represented in the form of um archive interview footage um all the new interviews are with the crew who probably feel like you know they have numb flashbacks whenever they think about it because it sounds impossibly stressful and dangerous but yeah one of the things that's revealed on the documentary is that someone just showed up and said oh you know can you make it a bit cyberpunky so that's probably where the gilliam stuff kind of comes from cyberpunk was very much in in the early to mid 90s yeah um and uh, uh as as were mad max ripoffs, um and they go into that on the disc as well um the writer peter rader openly admits he set out to write a mad max ripoff, yeah. and we also find out why there were so many of them in the 90s Um, basically all you needed to make them was a handful of garbage um, and some spare parts. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Some, some grubby men and maybe a gun or two.
1: Yeah, I still don't quite understand how the smokers stay so grubby. In the sea,
0: They're in, oil doesn't wash off in water, Sam.
1: Uh, does it not? No. Do, are they not friends? Oil and water. I thought they, they went together like, uh, like like Sam and Dan. <laughs> like
0: oil and water. Yeah, exactly like that.
1: Exactly like that. I also, yeah, I, I find it spurious though. I'm sure Dan is uh, is going to correct me here, but there is a sequence. Uh, spoiler alert: where uh, some some gas uh, is lit on fire on the water um and it stays lit for uh an incredibly long time um uh, our, our hero the mariner uses it as a guide uh to the oh, smokers. yeah yeah his base. burning trail yes um and and <laughs> piss scientist is that fact or fiction
0: oh, i don't know man i don't know about oil it's not you can't piss oil no there we go. how much oil you drink you heard it here first <laughs> you heard it here first i think i would i, I feel like a big pool of Oil could burn for ages. That seems like a thing that would happen. About a line. But a of... line. I feel like it would get disturbed by tidal movement. I agree. not. Yeah, that's, that doesn't work. <laughs>
1: there we go. Right, confirmed. Uh, don't try that at home. So, that's... do you
0: do you like that they call him the ichthyoman? man, ichthy man, like uh, as in a fish man? but that uh, the, uh, the, the fish man is the, was the symbol that the Christians would put outside to secretly announce that they were religious. Well. That's indicating that Kostner is, the, is the, the godchild.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that, because the original script, once again, was very, 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 very religious. Um, and that's probably something that survived through the multiple, multiple drafts that completely transformed it into something else. Um, the writer assures us that uh, a producer took him aside and told him that his draft, his original draft, was much better than what they ended up with. And when the writer said, well, just do that one, then, the producer um Was you know sad to say that they've already started now, so they can't they can't do that. That's (laughs) that's not how film works. You can't just suddenly halfway through a production go. Do you know what the other one's better? Let's just do that.
0: Sometimes they do, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they do. So. shall we move on to recommendations have we said enough about Waterworld
0: Uh, I'd like to let people know that Zakes McKay whose name I'm probably mispronouncing is in it I'd forgotten that he was in it and I really like him he's the elder at the first camp you might recognise him from the serpent and the rainbow or dust devil uh, he's a fantastic character actor, and i would forgotten that he was in Waterworld. That was a nice high point for me.
1: <laughs> right. It's, this is a new section. Um, <laughs>
0: Dan likes a character actor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it will be ongoing. Um,
0: yeah, we'll do that again.
1: Yeah. So, you know, great set. I think it's sold out um, by this point, the, the the version with the Ulysses cut on it, yeah. but it's still available I, uh... um, without the... the Fancy extra uh, version. Arrow
0: accidentally sent me two, and I gave one back to Mike, and Mike was like, oh, that's good. You probably could have sold that for 150 quid in a couple of weeks. Wonderful. <laughs> well, God
1: damn it. And I'm glad I don't have one at all. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I, so I didn't know, and I'm just doing I, my bit for Arrow. <laughs> I never do. I never do. Thank you, Arrow. <laughs> so, recommendations based on Waterworld. Dan, why don't you go first?
0: Um, my first one is a pretty mainstream film that most of you will have seen but uh, it's a version that maybe hasn't been seen as much, so like the Ulysses cut, uh, and it's the black and chrome edition of Mad Max Fury Road, Mm -hmm. which uh, the director assures us is how he envisioned it. Um, And it is a really interesting alternative way of watching it. Um, If you have seen it and enjoyed it, it's worth watching again. If you haven't seen it, um, I'd be interested to know how you feel watching it that way for the first time.
1: While I understand George Miller's... Desire to um, put out the the version that yeah. he had in his head originally, and certainly, especially in the opening sort of 10, 15 minutes or so, it's highly influenced by silent cinema and kind yeah. of, yeah, the early days of cinema. However, that film is so fucking beautiful in color. Um,
0: oh, I don't think I, I'm, it's not one of those ones where I feel like it's the only one that should exist. Right, got it. But I do think it's a really interesting. So yeah, I I, I, I and kinda, because yeah. I saw the colour one first, I'm interested to see. Just like I want to speak to someone who watched the remake of Suspiria first, and then the original, <sighs> and talk to them about it. Yeah so far I've only met people who've either only seen the, the remake or watched the well, what and the, in the fuck and they're in the minority or people who saw the original first I don't think I've talked to anyone yet who's seen the remake and then gone and who's watched the original seen the remake just people people that just go to the cinema oh. rather than watching old films
1: oh god um, not not you dear sweet precious <laughs> arrowhead
0: <laughs> if any of you are offended by any of the topics that we've covered today
1: <laughs> well we're in trouble um, so yeah that's, that is a good recommendation and I kind of feel the same way about Logan. Like I saw it color first. I did oh, I've enjoy not seen the black and white one. Black and white is an interesting one. Does add intensity, but I do I prefer. completely
0: forgot that that was. I always only ever think of black, uh, Mad Max and um, and the Mist. Yeah, the yeah, yeah.
1: And, and the and Mist really adds intensity as well. Oh
0: yeah, the Mist black and white version is. I, I would say that that is one where I kind of wish there was only the white version.
1: Yeah, it is bleak as fuck. Love, um, it. love it. Yes, so my first recommendation based on Waterworld is Open Range from 2003. Now, uh, I love my westerns, as we've uh, covered recently, and this is a great one, directed by Kevin Costner, who, who also appears but doesn't star, even though they wanted to put his name at the top because... For some reason, Kevin Costner was the biggest star in the world for quite a long time.
0: Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? Who else is in open range? I've not seen it.
1: Uh, So, right.
0: Who were they trying to bill him above?
1: They were trying to bill him above Robert Duvall, who is the true star. Um, He is the main character. Um, But Costner appears as a a former gunslinger turned cattleman who's forced to pick up his gun again when his boss is threatened by a corrupt landowner. Costner's sort of taciturn vibe works better here than it does in Waterworld. There, uh, He's supposed to be kind of an Errol Flynn type and he just seems constantly annoyed because <laughs> he was going through a divorce in real life um, and so basically hates everyone around him. But yeah, like we say, Robert Duvall is the real star of this film. It's just a very well-made Western in the style of the 50s stuff that we all love. Oh, nice. And it is streaming on Amazon Prime for free, so... Go and watch Open Range. Damn, what is next for you? Uh,
0: My next one is an Italian Mad Max (laughs) ripoff.
1: Wow. Okay. So Uh, we all know which one that is, right? I
0: assume you've you've guessed. You know which one (laughs) it is. I mean, obviously there are many, and I see. It's just one making. But but if I if you could only choose one, Italian Mad Max ripoff, it's twenty nineteen after the fall of New York, right? Uh, Yes, genuinely yes, that was the one I was thinking of, genuinely, genuinely. Yeah, so Sergio Martino's uh, 2019, after the fall of New York, uh, it's a sort of weird uh, mix of Mad Max, sort of an escape to New York Mm. kind of thing, this guy's got to get into New York and get the last fertile human out of there, it's about as tasteless and cheesy as you'd expect from sort of mid-career Martino, it's absolutely fantastic, and uh, it's Probably one of my favorite Mad Max ripoffs.
1: It's an amazing poster. I own. I own the uh, Italian original poster of, of that one. It's a beautiful it's thing. It's a beauty, beauty, Yes, right, great. So my next recommendation based on Waterworld is No Escape from 1994. Um, this is another Mad Max-influenced movie. Uh, this time it's about a soldier who murders his commanding officer and is sent to a prison on a tropical island where everyone dresses in outfits that either look like they've been made out of garbage or or they've been shopping at The Gap. Uh, (laughs) It's got the most 1994 cast ever, so that includes Ray Liotta, Lance Henriksen, and Ernie Hudson. Uh, And if you like Waterworld, you'll probably like this old nonsense I think I
0: preferred that to Waterworld. Yeah, No Escape, fantastic. 100%. No No Escape was one of the first uh, ex-rental VHSs I bought from Video Solem.
1: Arrow, if you do anything for me, pick up... Well, not anything. There's loads of films I want you to pick up. But pick up No (laughs) Escape... Pick up Fortress. Oh my God, yes. yes. And and pick up Highlander 3. And that's it. That's it for me. I don't
0: know if I've seen Highlander 3. Oh my God, it's amazing. Obviously, I've seen one and two. And then there are like a million, aren't there? Is it still yeah. Lambert in three? Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Maybe I have.
1: So yeah, I, I, I also recommend Highlander 3. So <laughs> Dan, what have you been watching? Well, actually,
0: before that, Whoa. well, I guess it's kind of what I've been watching, except I haven't seen it. It's right. it's based on based on a conversation we had last episode. Uh-huh. So uh, last time around, I uh, recommended Cast a Spell, yes. uh, and I was immediately told on Twitter when the episode went up that there was a sequel starring Dennis Hopper, which I yeah I'd com- completely passed me by. Have you seen it? it's very hard to get hold of like I have a VHS on the way. I have a 2nd VH- American NTSC VHS on the way. Amazing. If my old NTSC player, which is in the attic, still works, then we will watch it. Oh, let's yes. Um, let's do a film if night. If not, I will take it to someone who has a working NTSC VHS player and get them to digitise it for me. But either way, yes. at some point in the near future, we will be watching uh, Lovecraft... The sequel to Cast a Deadly Spell. Oh, we will report very, back. Very excited about
1: We will report back to your Sweet Precious Arrowhead. Dan, what have you been watching in the past couple of weeks?
0: Uh, so a slightly higher brow uh first offering, which is uh Possessed, uh, aka The Woman in the Lake, uh from 1965. Luigi Bazzoni directed it. Um it's out on Arrow Academy, I think.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, fancy. Uh it's it was sort of marketed to me, uh, as a uh, as a proto giallo, which is why I put it in uh, I wasn't disappointed to find out that it was classier than that <laughs> it's really it's really beautiful it's a black and white movie but it's um but it's shot in two very different styles depending on whether or not it's the uh, sort of like dream slash memories of the protagonist and it's got these really like high contrast stark black and white sequences in it which nice. are, which are very very nice. It's also got a voiceover on it that uh, that kind of sounds like one of the old uh, like Rod McCEwen beat poets, the mm. beat poetry like readings albums mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Uh, essentially, a, um, a depressed writer uh, goes back to visit the hometown of an ex-girlfriend to sort of look her up, much to the upset of his girl his current girlfriend who he sort of tells over the phone that he just has to do this and by love, uh, and he goes there only to find out that she died not long before. And um, and as he sort of starts asking around, it turns out it was suicide, and then it turns out maybe it wasn't suicide. Spoiler alert. And uh, and, and things go from there as he investigates further. It's not... Uh, it doesn't have the violent set pieces of a modern giallo. It's much more stylistic um, in a... Not in a... Because it's black and white, it doesn't have the, the lurid colours, but it's much more... It's quite ponderous in a good way. But it's got... Um, it's got these very stark contrast scenes, and it's um, yeah, it's just playing around with the idea of loss and dissatisfaction with life, and yeah, it's really good, cool, it's well worth a watch. Not a, not a romp by any means, mm. but really, really good fun. Uh, and yeah, Bazoni who did the fifth chord, uh, which is also an arrow. Uh, and Footprints on the Moon. We
1: might do Fifth Chord at some point. Yeah, we should um, definitely do Fifth Chord. Yeah, I think that's Arrow Video, not Academy,
0: isn't it? I yeah, I'm sure it is. I think that's Arrow Video. Yeah, I it think they, but they came out like the same month, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: great. All right, well, that is a good recommendation. My first is Man in the Shadow from 1957. Uh, now, this is uh, another Western, except it's kind of uh, a, a 50s set Western um, about a small-town sheriff who investigates the murder of a farmhand, Uh, but there's a powerful ranch owner, played by Orson Welles, um, who who might be involved. Uh, We don't know. But, yeah, uh, that's all I'm going to say about it, uh, other than it was uh, originally an allegory for fascism, uh, so it feels impossibly current and actually quite cathartic. Um, it really, really, really ties in with what's going on in the States at the moment, um, even though it's from 1957. And it's just a really satisfying, very well-made film. You know, very beautifully shot, great performances, and, you know, Orson Wells adds that extra... We've Dash of class Gravitas As always So yeah Man in the Shadow I
0: very much recommend it I've not seen it It sounds very good It's really good Yeah sounds really good uh, I've got a double bill next Oh for fuck's sake <laughs> It's a, it's a short episode, Sam. So I did a. I've been watching a lot of catching up on a load of old TV movies recently, which are quite short. Murder by Natural Causes, nineteen seventy nine, directed by Robert Day, uh, written by Richard Levinson and William Link, who worked together on Rollercoaster, which you might be familiar with. It's a really fun, uh, slightly light sort of will they manage it murder mystery uh, about a TV psychic who is sort of like you know. He's not a psychic, it's all trickery. That's kind of one of the things that's accepted. But his wife is trying to devise a way to give him a heart attack so that she can take all his money um, and run away with her young actor lover.
1: Does it involve her popping out of
0: like cupboards going? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's exhausted that <laughs> <laughs> by the time it's like uh, it starts <laughs> mid, immediate rest, yes. <laughs> like she's already exhausted all the like you know, whoopee cushions, and yes, the firecrackers, like all that stuff's done. <laughs> I can only think of noises as and, being so scary, and what is Uh, It's No Place to Hide from 1981. Have you seen this one, Sam? You would fucking love it. It's amazing. It's directed by John Llewellyn Moxie, who did Nightmare in Badham County, which you might know. But it's also written by podcast favourite Jimmy Sangster. Yeah, right. So it's about a young art student who lives with her stepmother after the death of her father. Her mother died many years before. Who starts to... Uh, who is being followed, again, quite in media res. a lot of these TV movies kind of are because they had to be quite concise um, she is uh, she's being followed by a man in a balaclava and sunglasses who, uh, the, the film starts she leaves the art class, she gets into her car she's driving down the motorway and she realises that this guy's in the back of her car and he's just, I've forgotten the, her, the character's name, annoyingly. Hey, hey, hey. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Um, I'm going to call her Amy. I don't think it's Amy. But he says, he just in the back of the car. He just goes, soon, Amy, soon. And she's, ah! She stops the car and she flags someone down. She's like, there's a man in my car. And there isn't a man in her car anymore. And everyone's like, hey, you're crazy. And they start saying, oh, is it projection? Is it really you? you? You are not allowed to keep- it's yeah. fantastic it's still- i'm not i'm not i'm doing like we're like 10 minutes in okay it's, good yeah it's an absolute treat
1: the next one uh from me and it is one because those are the rules uh is uh, uh, i uh, eat rules is uh well i'll rules when i'm dead uh it's <laughs> a, a neo fairy tale uh, that Ooh. is out in a uh, i think a couple of weeks yes it will be out um just after the climax episode uh, by the way we're doing climax next more oh, of that yes. in a bit but Make sure you buy it and watch it because it is one of the modern ones. Um, but it is also great. And it was Dan's film of the year, one last, film year, of the year so last year. Yeah. Anyway, Border is the film that I'm talking about. It's a very unique neo fairy tale um, about a customs officer who can sense wrongdoing. But when she crosses paths with someone who has an insight into her past, Her life changes forever in a super weird way. Um, Dark, surprising and original. That's lots of stuff to say about identity, gender and love. And that is how you talk about a film in a short space of time. Dan? If you write it down first like a nerd. Extra features. (laughs) Extra features. Extra features. Extra features. So we have um, quite a lot of extra features and i only have 2% battery on my phone oh, do to, to do it? one of them so let's see let's let's live on the edge and see if i can do this so uh on on the twitter uh, on my personal twitter Ooh. uh i i mentioned uh i th- actually i think someone mentioned that they were watching waterworld um on the same evening that i'd watched it so i said that was great timing it's going to be the next podcast and uh it's a screenwriter named elvis jenner he's at EJ underscore screenwriter on Twitter should you want to follow him and uh, Elvis says hope you're good just finished Waterworld and first of all it's another great package from Arrow looks great sounds great nice artwork and box and I didn't even know the extended cuts existed there's the obvious cliche comparison of Mad Max and water which we've done extensively on this podcast (laughs) but I personally have an appreciation for this film now I watched a cut of it a few years ago and thought it was better than I remembered then. With all the CGI we see now, going back and watching this with all the practical effects is so much fun. That's correct. Yeah, I
0: think that's fair. That's kind of where I sit
1: with it. And and that's kind of where the comparison to the kind of the modern Marvel movies comes in, isn't it? Yeah. Um, That they just all look like they're shot in a car park um, by someone who's cartooning half of the screen. Um, While watching this, it made me want to go back and watch Cutthroat Island to see if that's as bad as we all thought at the time. It is. It was only <laughs> 17 in 95, so I'm not sure if I really thought both films were crap or if the critics just told me they were crap and I didn't question them. Always question the critics. I know half of them, and half of those are pricks. Considering I just watched three hours of this... That's not in his email, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I just watched three hours of this, I've really been bored and almost always entertained. Looking back, this was the start of a Kevin Costner mini-slump, so I wonder if all the hate was just down to timing and it being time to bring him down. Was this film simply a victim of that? I do remember the budget being a massive issue at the time. The fact that anyone could spend that amount of money on a film was a massive problem in the public eyes. public's eyes. And finally, I could be remembering this wrong, but I seem to even remember an article some years after its release saying it finally made money as it had made back its budget plus a dollar. Question mark, exclamation mark. Anyways, can't wait to see what you guys think. And surely this must be the biggest budget film Arrow have released, right? I'd love to know the next biggest budget film Arrow has released and the difference in money. Speak soon, Elvis. Now, Elvis, I'm sorry I didn't do the research that's necessary to tell you what the next biggest budget is. But my friend Dan, piss scientist, has the brain (laughs) of a maniac and he's going to
0: tell you right now. Well, so I know that they've got Robocop coming out this year. Yes, Dan. So maybe it's RoboCop. Like, that feels like that's a good contender for second highest budget.
1: I really think it is. Yeah. Are
0: we allowed? We're we allowed to mention? They've said they are doing RoboCop, right? Um,
1: they they did the thing that they do sometimes where they don't announce it, but they include postcards in blu ray <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <laughs>
0: okay. But like, yeah, I think RoboCop's got to be the second highest budget film. And spoiler
1: releasing. alert for our inevitable RoboCop episode. Um, I oh, did an yes. interview with ronnie cox years ago and i still have that audio file so i will find some find cool yeah, get that. Cup stuff for extra features
0: um incidentally waterworld made back its money pretty well and pretty early it's yeah. not the flop everyone talks about no, it, it had a disappointing opening in a couple of weeks everyone talked about it being a massive flop at the time but it made its money back before it went to home video it made its money back in the theaters and then it made a fucking shit loads of money yeah it's it's fine they did fine uh, we've got some emails from people which I'm going to read out. So uh, RJ Tugas from Make Mine Criterion, who writes to us occasionally, uh, said, hello from Winnipeg, where it has recently been at minus 38 degrees uh, with the wind chill, which is fucking bananas. Yeah. He says, thanks for many great episodes. Uh, I really enjoyed your year-end lists. Um, so we're a little late getting to this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Intrigued by Dan's commitment to getting some blind spots off his list, Uh, his own first-time screenings for 2018 have been amazing, Funeral Parade of Roses, Johnny Corncob, Berlin Symphony of a Great City, Foam Bath, A Z and Two Noughts, Matsumoto's Demons, Save the Green Planet... Uh, he says he'd really like to hear an episode uh, going over our favourite first-time watches of the year. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something we can include in the future, perhaps. Yes. He says, this Christmas, himself and some friends... Oh, that's a great list, by the way. I've not seen everything on it, but the ones I've seen are fantastic. That's mm-hmm. a very, very good list. Uh, and it inspires me to check out the ones that I haven't seen. Um, this Christmas, myself... I'm speaking as RJ Tugas again now. Uh, this, this Christmas, myself and two friends participated in our second annual Christmas horror film watch group. This year, we watched The Children, Christmas Evil, The Signal... Uh, And Silent Night, last year we watched Better Watch Out, Rare Exports, Black Christmas and A Christmas Horror Story. Do you guys have any particular Yuletide genre favourites?
1: Oh, um, yes, Silent Partner. That's my favourite of all time. I mean, yeah, that's a fantastic
0: film and I hate you for taking it. (laughs) (laughs) My slightly more uh, misanthropic answer is I tend to be just annoyed by anything that includes Christmas. Yeah, he hates Christmas. It just really fucking brings it down. There are a few films that survive it and Silent Partner is definitely one of those. But it's not like it's so, so mean spirited. Yeah, it's very mean spirited, and it didn't. It, it doesn't really have to be Christmas. Like there's Christmassy elements in it, but they could have easily written Christmas out of it. and It still yeah. would have been amazing. Yeah, no, I, I get annoyed by novelty holiday movies. Fair um, enough. There are some great ones, but they're great in spite of, not because of, the uh, inclusion of the holiday season.
1: Well, fuck Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck Christmas. And I'm still like, I'm I'm currently worrying about the fact that I just said that. Half of the critics I know are pricks.
0: <laughs> I was really enjoying that, <laughs> but
1: but Sam Asher is taking names
0: and burning bridges. <laughs> I think
1: I'm going to be okay because if anyone comes up to me and says, "Hey, am I one hey. of the?" i be like, "No,
0: you're in the other half, mate." Yeah, mate.
1: Even if they are a prick,
0: um, so you've you just there. ruined that. God damn it!
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, the pricks won't listen to this.
0: Uh, no, we've got one more email this time. Whoa. We've got more extra features. I, I really like getting these emails. It's really nice. Me too. I I have to try. It's um. So when we get these emails, they both come through to Sam and myself, but then Mike has to answer and say, hey, thanks so much. Sam and Dan read all of these. They'll get to it on the podcast, whatever. But it like the first couple, I just replied. <laughs> and it's like, that's terrible podcasting. Save it for the podcast, uh, as Sam and I have to say to each other whenever we start having an interesting conversation in real life. <laughs> Correct. But yeah, so uh, it's, yeah, I I really enjoy getting these emails. Um, uh, It is very hard not to reply to them just like as if it was a normal email. Uh, rather than an extra special email. Um, Dan Shields wrote to us and said, Hello, gentlemen. Have you seen Ubaldo Tazzani Horror Show from 2010? It's a really well-done Italian horror film. It follows a director who is forced into partnering with an eccentric writer after a recent flop. However, things take a strange turn at this estate. Uh, at his estate. This was my favourite Italian horror film since Cemetery Man. Uh, yes, Della morte Della yes. for, for those of you on this side of the pond. You, you have me at Cemetery Man. I haven't seen it. It's on my list. I'm definitely going to watch it.
1: I haven't seen that either and I actually didn't see that email. So thank you for reading it out on the episode. I must have missed that one somehow. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And we promise to be more professional next time. Oh yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.